Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is yet another episode of the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back to another podcast episode of the Press Next Podcast. Yes, indeed. We we back as we are every single week. Yes. We love to watch TV shows. And this month is the month of March. Woo! Even though I feel like I'm still living in March of 2020. Yeah, we never left March. We are now in March of 2021, <laughs> if you can believe it. March has been the longest year of my life. It has been an official year since we have been in this quote-unquote new normal. Yeah, it was about this time last year where... We were telling students they had to go home. We were going to quarantine as a country, uh, really as an entire world, mm-hmm. because everybody was locked down. So I was on, I was at my bachelorette party in yeah. Nashville, yeah. and then the right world when you shut got down. Back. We went so hard, we shut the world down. You know, right when you got back, that was wild. <laughs> it was like stuff was popping off, and I was like worried because y'all were at the airport and stuff. And yeah. Well, it was weird because the last day we were there is when they started shutting everything down. So we were there um, the 16th or the 15th, the night of the 15th. And we had dinner reservations um, near Broadway. No. Yeah. Broadway. I don't know. I haven't been in Nashville. Whatever that road is that has all the bars. And... uh, they were telling us that all the bars were closing, the restaurants were closing. It was crazy. And, and then you came back and it was a wrap. And then we were stuck in the house for what seemed like an eternity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we've been stuck ever since. I haven't. I, I went home from my office, which is across the street. So it's not that big <laughs> of a deal. And I haven't been back ever since. The only time I really went back was uh, two weeks ago, my office flooded. So I had to go back and uh, do some stuff in there. But yeah, once I figured out we can do all of the stuff that I'm doing, most of the stuff when it comes to administratively from the house, it's like, no I'm reason. just staying in the house. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not well, and go. your office isn't, it's not an office space with other people and it's not yeah like a centralized office space either. So there's really no reason. Yeah, not even a little bit. And shout out to Oklahoma State. Uh, that's, that's where I work and this is nothing against them. But my bathroom is like an old bathroom. Your office. My, your yeah, bathroom. my <laughs> My office is an old bathroom, so I'm not really trying to be in there anyway, <laughs> okay? It's like subject to the elements, so when it's cold outside, it's cold in my office. When it's hot outside, it's hot in my office. They cut on the inner wall like a square out to put like a window so I can see out into the lobby, uh, but even then, you can't really position yourself to really see into the lobby. And yeah. here's the other thing. There's not a lot of plugs in bathrooms, <laughs> so I'm just like really using utilizing two outlets. That's true. With a ton of um, surge protectors and strips, so that's true. Yeah, more opportunity in my in my house. So well, we're here, twenty twenty one. Here we are in twenty twenty one. But what's so exciting about March is that it is Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. So this whole month, we are going to be covering women's stories, um, uh, just the history of women and things that they have overcome and. And things like that. So I'm really excited about it. We have some good things planned. Um, this week we are starting off with freeing Britney Spears. Yeah, the New York Times. I think it's called New York Times presents Britney Spears, something like that. Or? Yes, freeing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an episode of the, one of their series, which is this can be found on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, uh, check this out. 
the reason why we wanted to start with this one is because we typically kind of start with a documentary mm-hmm. in that both of us, I mean, we grew up listening to Britney Spears, yeah. especially me. I still don't. Especially you. Yeah, because I'm like younger than you are. So like Britney Spears was really my time. You know, you like catching Britney. You're when older she was, than me. I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm older than you. So Britney was like really in my time. This is like when Britney and Justin Timberlake were dating. I mean, I guess, but I was in sync Britney Spears all the way. Right. Think about it though. What was your first like Britney Spears or NSYNC hit? You see what I'm saying? Like, let's say one more time, right? Let's just look up one more time. Hit me, baby, one more time. Okay, that's funny because I was about to say, this is a story about a girl named Lucky. See? Look at you. Look at you. All right. So this song came out in 1998. When was you born? 95. You see what I'm saying? So I was eight years old. Like, I was actively jamming this track. Okay. You was three years old, like, doing your, you know, three-year-olds be doing a little dance yeah. and they just put the one hand up and pop the booty out or something. Okay. True. All right. So you was, you I was, give it to you, you but... Know, you know, so I'm not gonna accept the fact that you're a bigger fan. Okay, Let's move you can on. have that. You Let's can move have on. that. You can have that. <laughs> you can have that. Uh, but I mess with Britney heavy. But even even to this day, I think that we all got to a point, especially me being a male, uh, and not really checking for like female artists like that, where it was quote unquote Britney went crazy, and then mm-hmm. I just forgot about her, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it was cool to. To watch this documentary, it was actually, there was like some sickening moments for me. I'm so glad I've matured. Very much. Uh, into sickening moments. the person that I am today. And I'm some stuff I see, and I'm like, this is so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, disgusting, right? The amount of times in this documentary, I said, what the right?" <laughs> and, so, and a lot of times, we just looked at each other just in disgust, like, what the hell? And I wish somebody would, like, now... Back in the day, obviously, I was different. But now, some of the stuff they would have said to her, if I was in the interview, I would have stopped the interview. I would have walked up on stage like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What what kind of show are you running, bro? What right. kind of question is that? And I talked to my friend Katie after watching it because she was watching it at the Shout same time. And I we were talking about it back and forth. And I was telling her, you know, things are much different in today's day and age than There's it was back then. Definitely. Much different. And I do feel like in some ways there is this generation is softer and things are more offensive and all of that. But the things that this docker documentary shows is not it's not offensive because it's 2021. It's offensive because it's, it's disgusting. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, and I'll get into some of the things that I that really tr- I don't want to say triggered me. No, but you can say triggered. I, they, I think that would be fine to use. Yeah. I mean, they really, really got under my skin. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. this is this is the way that we were back then. I'm so glad that yeah. we, have, we have grown because, first of all. Then we're still discussing now. Yeah, and and tabloids are different, and, and things are shown differently through social media now, but that is still the case where the paparazzi takes a picture of something and then it gets blasted everywhere and you only have one view of what's happening, right? Right. So anyways, yeah, we'll the, get into that a little bit later. Just to give you a quick I'm already kinda, a little bit yeah, I feel you. hopped up. But good though. Uh, just a little bit of a background so that you kind of understand what's going on if you do not know. Because a lot of this stuff I, like, I did not know. Um, 
And so the the documentary kind of put it on me. So Britney Spears, she's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes we forget that celebrities are just regular as humans. Right. Right. They have they started somewhere and everything else. So she's from Louisiana. And as she's growing up, people often will say of, of most child entertainers, we just knew that this person was special. They love to entertain. They love to sing. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a really talented singer at yeah. a young age. Yeah. And so there's times in the film at the beginning where she goes back and forth to like uh, to New York. Uh, they're trying to find a way to fund that. How can we go back and forth in New York? Mm-hmm. Because at this time, and still someone at this time, certain careers you have to be in certain areas for right. you to, to for you to thrive. Absolutely. Uh, and so to be in Louisiana and and try to get into the music and entertainment scene, you you kind of really got to go to New York or California, mm-hmm. uh, maybe now uh, Georgia, but uh, maybe Tennessee if you're trying to do country and stuff like that, <clears throat> specifically with music. But anyway, so she's going back and forth. Uh, she spends time there. She does. She does. Uh, she goes to school there. Uh, some art schools. She actually like won, uh, or she was in a talent show. This is one of the disgusting moments for me when she was like nine years old and she's singing a song. And at the end, when the host comes up to her and is talking to her, he asked her like, "Do you have a boyfriend? Why don't you have a boyfriend?" Like. You're and pretty enough said, to have a boyfriend. They're disgusting. Yeah, but like that, I think that was the moment I turned and looked at Katie. Like, why were you, why are you asking a nine year old this question? Mm-hmm. And right? even the person in the documentary was like, all of this talent, and that's what you're going to ask. Yeah. this person. Like, there was a guy up there too. The yeah. guy didn't get no smoke for like, do you have a girlfriend or nothing like right. that? That was a boy. I said guy. There was a, a boy up there too. But the first question that came out of his mouth had to deal with, or do you have a boyfriend? Right. So in a way, it was like her, to, the way I perceived it was not based on the merit of her talent, but based on the merit of her sex. Right. And thinking back on my childhood and growing up, I also think that I got that question a lot. And I'm sure that every young girl gets those questions. Right. It's like, oh, you're not messing around with those boys, are you? Or, oh, I bet you're a heartbreaker. Or and then know. we like I think we do, what we do with the males is a little bit different, right? We have the same conversation, but it's it's so much more like oh you got the you got you a girlfriend oh look at him he got a girlfriend take it oh that boy take it over the playground which is still disgusting yeah right because I really feel like the confines of like having a relationship that young to be able to put the constructs on those children is really weird. Yeah, I agree with that. And also when I think about it, I'm like, what the, what, what, what is a relationship at that age, Thank right? You. That's like what you're I'm just saying. friends That's that what I'm really saying. enjoy being around right. each other. Exactly. Like I, and, and maybe, you know, you make me feel giddy on the inside, right. but I don't even understand what that feeling is. So like. It's hard for a child to be able to understand the constructs of what a relationship is. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is just so like weird. But anyway, to to sum it all up, obviously she makes the hit um, one more time or hit me or baby one more time. I think it's called baby one more time. And um, she's she's really grinding. She's going to these malls. She's putting in a time. She makes a hit record. She gets a record deal. She puts out the video. And I know, and, and mind you, she's a teenager at this time. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when Baby One More Time came out and looking at this video, and I'm a teenager as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like, she's hot. This is a hot song. She's in like a little schoolgirl get school up. Schoolgirl with right? the braids. Yeah. Somebody had to make this decision. This is why it's disgusting to me now. Some, some adult 
probably gave her the vision for this video, mm-hmm. right? Somebody came up with the treatments for this video. And for the audience that she was going for, I get it. One part of the, the argument that they made in the film is that this was a symbol of somebody, this is like the first symbol of a teenage girl being able to just own who she is and own her body, right? right? That we and that's really what seeing. she said. Right. She was like, doesn't everyone want to feel sexy in their own body? Which I get. I get. I do. But I think that what what the view on it is also is that when someone is so young and impressionable and you, your child, you want to protect them from all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe you don't necessarily understand as the teenager or you're getting all this attention. Who wouldn't want it, right? That's exactly like people love attention. We do. That's why we post things on social media. That's why we, you know, I that's just my take on it. Right. And so going forward, because I'm sure we can dive into that, but going forward into the documentary and into everything else, and really why the documentary is a thing and why Free Britney is a thing is that we see that she has, you know, troubles in her career, just like every other person. Uh, she has a relationship with Justin Timberlake, which ends and leads to um, a lot of rumors, a lot of rumors and things that happened there. And Justin Timberlake didn't make it no better. Right. Um, then, she, you know, she gets married to Kevin Federline. She has two children. Uh, which, let me stop you there, because that was another thing. Everybody criticized her for getting married so early. Like, they hadn't been dating that long, and you're already marrying this man, you know? Right, which is, like, I feel like a criticism that a lot of people get, but at the same time, I mean, we, if people knew our story as about how, how far we, I mean, we talked about, actually, how fast we matriculated into what we are now. Yeah. Everything is different for some people. Yeah. Like you really cannot put your timetable on everybody else. Like right. if you know what it is and you know what it is, mm-hmm. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, for Brittany, it didn't work specifically how she wanted it to, right? Uh, because it ended in divorce and custody battles, and she has two kids. Um, and that is where the things start to kind of tumble a little bit for people, mm-hmm. or at least how it looks like. Uh, mind you, this entire time. She is being harassed and followed and everything by paparazzi every single day, everywhere she goes. Right. And this isn't just a Britney Spears thing. Now, this is very different when it comes to Britney, but at the same time, it must be hard being in the spotlight all the time. Absolutely. All the time. Like, there's videos, and people call people crazy for it, but there's a video of Kanye West I'll never forget when a a paparazzi's at his house at like 3 a.m. in the morning. Literally in his driveway, he gets out his driveway, and a paparazzi's like, good morning, Kanye, and Kanye's like, shut the F up. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. You're at you're stalking me outside of my house. Why are you talking to me? Yeah. Like, is that not weird? I mean, and this has been an issue for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, if you look at and, and it's not just a problem here in the United States. I mean, look at right. um you can, Meghan Markle, yeah, what's she the going royal right family, now? all of the royal family, Princess Diana, like all of these things that just being under the spotlight and every single thing you do being photographed and published when you don't have the full story behind it. So something that was really interesting to me is to see the paparazzi and how they 
were attacking basically, you know, and things were getting misconstrued. And, um, to me, it was hard to watch because I remember being a kid and even now, and I don't really pay attention to, um, magazines and, and things like that when I'm at the store anymore. But I remember when I was little, you would be standing in line with your parents, you would eat that up. Right. And I feel like like the tabloids were definitely bigger back in the day when you didn't have Social media, social media yeah. because you can you can find anything on social media. Most of the time, things are making it to social media before they make it in print, right? right? So you've already seen it. That's old news. Um, and now when I see tabloids, it's like Chip and Joanna Gaines divorce, and I'm like, come on, that's not true. That is not true, right? Just like I don't up. even believe it anymore. But, yeah, but I don't even know how they're still in business. It's so egregious, right? <laughs> I have no idea how these places like do people actually buy these these tabloids? Like I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. And that's the thing is that they were they interviewed somebody who was a part of the paparazzi, and they were talking about how much money you make off of one single yeah. photo. If you catch, um, say, you catch Britney Spears at a bad angle, they want that photo because that is what's going to sell because it's showing Britney at her worst. So you could make millions of dollars off of one single photo. And so they were kind of talking about how um, it drags you into that lifestyle. Like nobody wants to be the paparazzi, but getting those money shots, literally money, right. <laughs> it, it kind of drags you in. And one thing that really, really got under my skin is that they asked this guy who was part of the paparazzi, he said, I've been around Brittany a long time. Like I've kind of formed this relationship with her, you know, all of this, which I don't know if that's true or not, but he, they asked him and this was kind of, I, I think this was after, you know, everybody had assumed film. she had gone crazy or whatever, right. but they asked him, they said, do you ever, did you ever think that Brittany did not want this? And he said, no. She never acted. She like never. She, didn't she, she never, never acted like it. she didn't want. She never said she didn't want um, to be photographed and all of this. And the interviewer said, "What about when she said I want the paparazzi to leave me alone?" And he would say, like, "And he said that was for like just for that day. Right. It wasn't forever." Are you kidding me? Are you dumb? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you are in that profession and you are that money's coming in. Now you have turned this into this is what's feeding my family. Right. I'm sure your um, your empathy for just another human being goes, goes away. out the door. Yeah. And you the bad angle when you said I catch Britney at her worst. The thing is, that's not even Britney at her worst. It's just Britney being normal. Britney, a normal right? person, right? Any other normal person, yeah. it will be the same photo. But we're again, True. we have placed like celebrities so high up as if they're not these human beings, which right. is actually what I kind of like about how social media has changed uh, everything because. The celebrities are like not celebrities anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. nobody cares about the celebrities anymore because right. you now we see that you just got money, but you pretty much living like everybody else, right? Uh, and we have these influencers who are just regular people who are kind of like fake celebrities, you know? Like I understand who you are, but like at the same time, if this platform stopped, like would you have? Would you be anybody to anyone? Yeah, hundred percent. You probably be just a regular person who mm-hmm. you were. So I I enjoy social media platforms for that reason. But when in regards to Britney, the the amount of stress obviously pushed her to a point um where she, you know, was either was checked in to um a hotel, I mean hotel, uh a treatment a facility 
for whatever treatment she was going through, I'm going to assume it's probably some psychiatric evaluation and things of that nature. Um, and that happened a couple of times, but what it led to was really the topic of what the entire thing is, uh, which is this conservatorship, which mm-hmm. if you do not know, um, here is a definition of a conservatorship. It's a legal concept in the United States. And I think that that's big to, uh, to understand. I think sometimes we are so privileged to think that this stuff that applies to us just applies to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect example. Yesterday I saw a tweet actually retweeted it about somebody who said these churches are, are big businesses that don't pay taxes and you believe everything they're saying. They say, okay, but churches don't only exist in America mm-hmm. in the form that they do in America. Right. So sometimes we only think that like America is the world. Uh, so this may look different in other places. But a conservatorship is legal concept in the United States. A guardian or a protector is appointed to a judge uh, by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or daily life or another, any other duties um, or daily life of another due to physical and mental limitations or old age. So I'm just going to read that again because I feel like I just butchered it. <laughs> so a guardian or a protector is appointed by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or daily life of another due to physical or mental limitations or old age. Now, from the documentary, we learned that typically conservatorships are reserved for people who are like very, very old. Right. right? Like Maybe dementia. Somebody like my grandmother, right? Yeah. Who cannot it, make decisions on for her herself. Own. Yeah. Not even, doesn't even know who she is. Right. Half of the time. Uh, so I, I, that kind of makes sense. Like to have somebody who is of a bit more sound mind to help you with that decision because mm-hmm. you can get taken advantage of and things of that nature. Right. Uh, and I couldn't understand how it could be used at a time for somebody who was going through uh, some sort of manic episode, mm-hmm. manic period, uh, some sort of psychiatric break. I, I can I can understand that, which is, that's exactly how it started. It started out as a temporary thing, mm-hmm. right? Until Britney gets better, uh, knowing that Britney is not just a regular, typical human. She has a lot of money. She has a lot of responsibilities. Um, she is a brand herself. Mm-hmm. Let's let's help her out with somebody who can help make decisions for her finances and everything else. Now, that turned into uh, essentially it being indefinite. Right. Because that was in 2008. Yes. And it is currently 2021. 2021. She's still under this conservatorship. While it has passed from her dad and to other people and then back to her father and uh, has... Certain parts of it go to uh, the bank and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. The The biggest aim really is at her dad, right? And a lot of people, at least what I see, is that we don't really understand <laughs> the legal ramifications and the background and the things that it takes to, one, obtain a conservatorship or to be released from one. Mm-hmm. Now there is a lawyer in the documentary who literally says, "I've never seen anybody a conservative, a conservative, a conservative, yeah, be released," which says a lot. Yes, because the hoops you have to go through to prove, to that, prove you're that you're mentally sound. Yes, this is also the argument I make for people when they say like pleading insanity is a cop out, because people don't understand. And I just wrote a paper on this. I had to do a lot of research on this. You plead insanity is is, is a very similar thing. If you are found that you are not of sound mind, one, you are restrained to a facility indefinitely, much like this conservatorship. And you have to prove that you are sane. 
So if you really are not and you're struggling with psychiatric issues, then you're probably going to be there for the rest of your life. And if you try to fake your way in and somehow did fake it in, and then now you're trying to prove yourself to be sane, well, to everybody else, you're going to look not sane. Mm -hmm. So this is the, I, I view this as very similar as being, it's probably very tough to get out of this. Um, and we see Britney only from our lens. Right. Do we even really know who Britney Spears is? Is the real question. That's true. Nope. Nobody knows who she really is because we've always seen performer Britney Spears, actress right. Britney Spears. Like we've never seen the true Britney. And um, just one more thing I want to touch on in in this is that the the biggest thing that got under my skin when watching this, and the one thing that really stuck with me is the Family Feud episode. Oh my god! Do you remember that? I do. So they it was a flashback of many years ago, Family Feud. The question was, name something Britney Spears has lost within the past year. And the people hit the buzzer. Her hair. Her husband. Ding, ding, ding. Her mind. Her mind. That was wild. That made me so sick. Because, let me, let me tell you why. One, that's disgusting. Why, why did we think that was okay to put somebody on Front Street right, like that in a game show? To make the worst part of somebody's life a game show, right? But then second, that leads me to the worst part of her life. She was going through a nasty divorce, a custody battle with her kids, the darkest she has probably ever been in, like the darkest moment she's ever been in, right? And that's when everything was blowing up because that's what made money, seeing Britney at her worst. And so that's why she shaved her head. She was tired of the pop. Like, that's what she said. Anyway, she was tired of the paparazzi touching her. She was tired of anybody touching her. She didn't want to be touched. That's why she shaved her hair. Right. And then the whole, and this is an iconic photo and iconic, not in a good way, but I guess you can say infamous uh, photo um, of her with the umbrella and she looks crazed, right? I remember this picture going everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. like that. When I think of 07 Britney, that's what I think of is her with the umbrella. But then in this, you see that she's in the passenger side car or the passenger seat of her Being friend's car all night long by the same reporter. Yes. The same reporters are going after her all night. And she's saying, please leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk. Please leave me alone. And they wouldn't. And so it, it She's she becomes the bad guy when she's not the bad guy. She is literally saying, "Leave me alone," and you're not leaving me alone. How is that not? How is that not stalking? How is paparazzi not stalking? Well, they they follow all of the. I mean, they follow all of the legal rules. Like this is a public place. I'm allowed to film. I can Kanye West. I can stand on the curb, which is a which is public land, and zoom into your garage right like i can do all of that that's not illegal mm. all right it's when i'm going onto private property or getting into your car and things of that nature when it crosses the boundaries i think they're very smart in understanding yeah. their their I legal mean, workarounds right yeah um but i think that that's also part of the issue i think it's part of the problem or really is it's our demand as as humans right yeah if we did not give a damn 
about seeing Britney Spears at her at one of her lowest moments. There is no demand for them to go mm-hmm. get these photos. Mm-hmm. However, we love that's why the shade room exists. Right. Right. That's true. That's why TMZ exists. That's true. They TMZ be, is problematic. They be the to me they're all they are all like literally somebody the other day. They they all are. You're absolutely I, right. I don't I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the shade room and T, TMZ. Bobby Schmurder, shout out to Bobby Schmurder, got out of prison. He was at a club with a mask on, you know, like in a VIP section, and somebody offered him a drink and he just waved off no. That's only, literally the only thing he did was like, no, nah, I'm good. Drink. Why would they reported that? Bobby Smurda in a club uh, denies drink from somebody. I was like, why is this even news? Right. Why do I care that Bobby Smurda did something very ordinary mm-hmm. that anybody else does and he probably does every single time he goes to the club? Mm-hmm. That probably Kevin Hart did last night as well, but nobody reported on that. Right. What is going on here that we feel like these people, Bobby Shmurda is a regular human. Britney Spears is a regular human. And we have to put ourselves in their position. How would we feel if not only for a year, but years of our yeah. life and even our former every years. Every day of every year. We can't go anywhere. I got to think how many times, I'm going to ask you a question. How many times a week do you put on makeup? <laughs> Uh, a five if I'm going into the office, maybe three if I'm working from home. Okay. Three if you're working from home, five you're going to office. Why do you put on makeup? Because I need to look presentable. Presentable for who? The people <laughs> that I come in contact with. Right. And this is not a shade to you or anybody else who wears makeup. I'm just trying to get to a point. No, absolutely. So my point is, if you are, and you're just Caitlin Middleton. Mm-hmm. A very beautiful, wonderful, sexy Caitlyn oh, Middleton. Oh, thank okay. you. But you're just Caitlyn Middleton. Right. And to anybody else, you'd be a layman just like me. hmm Can you imagine being a superstar? No. Every day is five days a week. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can't go outside to walk my dogs without being A1. Yeah. I can't go outside to breathe a fresh air. I just want to walk around the block. Well, sorry. You got to put on makeup. Mm. You need to do your hair. Make sure your eyebrows are right. Right. Shave your legs if you're going to wear shorts. Because it's not okay for you to go to Walmart to pick up a bag of beans without being on point. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then we end up like moments with Britney Spears in 07. Right. That's trash. It is. That's trash. And part of it is, why do we eat that up? Why can't you just be like, I'm going. I don't give a damn. Right? Mm-hmm. And everybody else be like that because you can be like that. You can say, I don't give a damn what everybody else thinks. And people, TMC still going to run the story that you went to Walmart without any makeup on. Right. That's garbage. Yeah, it is. It is. And it really, I guess as a woman or as anybody really to think about, and they mentioned in, in the in the documentary that there wasn't a huge emphasis on mental health back then. Nobody was talking about mental health, but think about that. I mean, really think about going, think about the worst moment of your life, like the darkest place you've ever been in. And then think of everybody in the world or in most people in the the United States, the world talking about it, but also following you around and taking pictures and kicking you while you're down. And having no, and they're like and having swarming these, you. Yeah, it's literally swarming. It's not just one or two people. It's 
30, 40 people and they're all saying, Bernie, Bernie, every time you walk outside. I mean, think about that. And then think about also the stories that are going with it that have absolutely nothing to do with you or reality or anything, but it sounds good. So we're going to, we're going to publish it. And then people get on a podcast and say some shit that they have nothing, like no idea about. right? Right. And I say that and here we are talking about it. But part of my question is, I think one of my big questions is this right here. So with the conservatorship, she has is being overseen by other people. Mm-hmm. She is not allowed to do her own contract. She is told when she can do stuff. So. She is told if she can get a card, a credit card or not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's told if she can drive or not. Everything is not, she can't make her own decisions. As according to this documentary and everything else that I read. Right. So this is not me coming up with this stuff. And so there are a group of people, a very growing group of people who have started a movie called Free Britney. And they asked this question. I thought this was a great question. What if Britney isn't in a situation she doesn't want to be in? It's a very valid question. It's very valid because we haven't heard those words from Britney's mouth, right? We haven't heard from Britney that, not that I know of anyways, and we could be corrected. We just speculate. Yeah, yeah. Right. If we're wrong, please let us know. Because I mean, she said, well, we've heard through other people. Yeah, she said she wanted to be out before. Right. I've said a lot of times I want to do something before, but maybe I'm not serious enough to go do it, right? Like, right. I'm just like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this, but the, the reward I'm outweigh. finding another job. I haven't updated my resume, resume right. in two years. Right. So you, you just know? like, it's just, that's just a, a, a knee-jerk reaction. And that's what I'm trying to say is that like... And there have been signs that Brittany does not want this with her saying, you know, I wish my dad didn't control my life, things like that. Um but for, for all we know, she could actually find comfort in this system. Right. And which brings me to another point, just in general, this is a little bit off tangent, is that how do we become, how did we get but, to a point where we get offended for people who aren't offended themselves? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like if somebody says something to me that you expect should offend me that doesn't offend me, why are you offended? 100%. It's just a concept that like it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, and I know that there's valid points out there, uh, and I would love to hear some, but it's just really hard for me to wrap my mind around like something. If somebody is like, "I'm not tripping on it," I, that's where my trip ends. Right. If I it mean, was that, specifically, that has happened to us before. Yeah. I'm like, why are you not more mad about this? And you say, "Just let it go." Yeah, I, I don't care that much mm-hmm. about it. Neither should you, because mm-hmm. it happened to me. Now. If we start spreading it out and talking about like generalities for a group of people, mm-hmm. I get it. But if something happened to a specific person, like we are now talking about Britney Spears, if Britney is not upset with it, why are we upset? Mm-hmm. And how do we know for sure that she does not want to be in a situation that she's in? Yeah. That's a good question. And it's valid. And I think that we all need to think about that, um, but I don't think we have an answer for that. Right, and I and this is not this is not against me saying I'm against the free Britney movement because we could be completely right, and I say we because I'm a part of that. I think we could be completely right. I think that this could be we the free Britney movement shed light on conservatorship in general mm-hmm. and things that need to change, mm-hmm. and that is great. Uh, and Britney may need to she might actually be in a very volatile situation. Right. Uh, and part of that might be maybe she doesn't know that she is. Right. And that we can see from the outside in. So if that is your answer, I believe that's a very valid answer. Um, but just a, just a question for you. 
Um, I think another thing that really is like a huge point in the film is all of the double standards. Mm-hmm. So let me just ask you a general question. Where do the double, double standards lie for males and females? And let me preface by saying this. Uh, Katie and I both recognize uh, that we are being very binary right now mm-hmm. with, with just males and females. But when we're talking about these double standards, they tend to follow along these binary lines. So that's why we're talking just male, female. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where do you feel like the double standards lie for males and females? I mean, I think there are a lot of double standards. Give me some. Um, Specifically, that's really worse for women. Well, let's talk about uh, Justin and Brittany. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about their breakup when everybody was asking Brittany. What did you do? Did you? Well, what did you do? Why? Why did y'all break up? What did you do? But then also, did you have sex with him? And it was kind of slut shaming. Right. And... The amount of times or, they ask her, she's a virgin. Or sex shaming, whatever you want to call it. Um, I kind of feel like that is the, the double standard because people were asking her, did you sleep with him? Did you have sex with him? And it had a negative connotation to it. Whereas when people asked Justin, Justin yeah. they were like, you slept with her, didn't you? He's like, ah, uh, you, you know, know. Yeah, you know, all right, you got man. some Britney Spears, all right. And it was kind of like a big ups thing, like... Good job. Right. They're the same age. Notch under your belt type thing. They're, you know, why? What's the difference? How come men get congratulated and women get shamed? And I feel like that was the perfect example because that happens. And that's very real. I mean, you think about, um, well, let's just keep it on the subject of sex. Nobody's. From what I have experienced, nobody is judging a man off of the number of women he has slept with. You you mean like other females? Yes. And males? Yes. Okay. I can agree with that. But people judge women by the amount of people that they've slept with. Yes. They're nasty. They... Just all of the negative things that come with that. I don't even want to say them because I don't want to perpetuate yeah i don't i don't agree with that i feel you no i don't agree with it either i think that society has um uh placed unrealistic things on women specifically when it comes to that uh as versus male i think there's a couple of reasons why um that's a thing i think (laughs) but i don't want to well i don't care how y'all view me honestly because i know who i am but I think from a biological standpoint, you can even break it down that way as well. Um, I think I've had this conversation before how it makes sense for males to have like more partners biologically. However. Explain. Okay. So if our, from a biological standpoint, and we talked about this in one of my classes before, um, the, the purpose of life is to continue life, right? Mm -hmm. So, if I'm just an organism and I want to continue my DNA success, I want to create more lineage of my seed. Having sex and being monogamous with one person does not make sense. Because that one person is limited to A, the amount of time that it takes for them to reproduce, right? Because it takes a woman mm-hmm. an incubation period, which is long. No, I feel you. And I think that this whole... 
thought that you have right now is based off of just reproduction, not sexual right, right, pleasure. Right, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I went biologically. When okay. I'm talking biologically, not okay. for pleasure, not for in which we are humans and we are beings that have sex for pleasure, right? Right. So let's go off of that. Another double standard. How is it that men can just leave their child and act like they don't have another child or act like they don't have a child at all and move on with their lives? But um, but women cannot do that. Um, I mean, women do. Let's be honest. I'm about but, to say. <laughs> I mean, they do. They do. I'm about but to it's, say. It's, it's viewed much, much differently. Yeah, but I think that it's because the view of it is that um, for some reason we have place in that may also, people can see this as biological as well, but I think that the society has placed the nurturing and caring persona on women and not on men. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it is completely against, and I'm putting this in quotation, it seems completely ag- against a woman's character to do that as opposed to a male's character right i can see that happening Eh, that makes sense i'm I'm not surprised if a if a male does this but i am if a female does because they we have slapped these traits on females that females are nurturers and carers and because for the longest time of the human beings that's kind of the roles that have happened but that as we've seen throughout centuries and centuries Roles shift and change all the time. Right. Right? So now we have people who, in relationships, their uh, their wives are bringing in the money, even working, and we have stay-at-home dads, right? Right. Who are doing a lot of the typical caring and nurturing, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree that's a double standard, but in the opposite side, that's also probably why moms get custody more than, than fathers do. This is true. That's true. That's a good point. This leads me to my next point. Which is a little bit controversial, and I'm not going to share my opinion on it, but I am playing devil's advocate. Come on. How can a man choose to leave his pregnant wife, woman, whatever, his child, nothing to do with them, never sees them, like literally pretends they don't exist, but when a woman wants to get an abortion, she is a terrible person. Mm. Well. Because women don't have the option to just run away, right? If I am, (laughs) if I'm thinking from a certain standpoint, if I am a conservative who believes, uh, who is against abortion and believes that, uh, people should live the argument that they would have, or I'm assuming they would have is that the dad chose to walk. And this is just everybody. I want you to listen how kind of stupid and shitty this sounds, but you know, <laughs> the dad, but you know, double standards. Yeah. You know, or hypocrisy. The dad is willing. It does is, is leaving, but he's not killing. Right. The child still has an opportunity to live. If I'm coming from that standpoint, the thing that kills me about conservatives to think about this is that they care that somebody has a life, but doesn't give a damn about the quality of the life that the person has. Right. So if the mom had the child and left the child and the same, and the dad had a child and left the same child. Now this child is just floating in whatever system that is there to maybe help him or her or them 
throughout life or doesn't at all. Yeah. Does it matter? But still, even if that person gives up the child for adoption, there's still nine months. Oh, so you're talking about like actually leaving like during the pregnancy or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, say, how often does that happen where the, per- the, the, the woman or the person is not in a relationship? It's not. I would assume pretty often. Yeah. And so. Or not pretty often, but often enough for it to be a phenomenon. Right. Um, but I, again, I think that like, not necessarily, abor- I, the thing with abortion is that I get where you're going. You do make sense. Right. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, I feel you. Um, You do make sense. But to people who feel a certain way about abortion, and this is my honest opinion, you're not ever going to change their mind because they've already made their mind up and they feel as if, if there's one thing that they have to accept outside as a outlier then they have to completely nullify their own belief, which is not true. Right. Right? It's not true, but they don't believe that because they do it with everything else. Right? It's just abortion. is that one thing that they cannot budge on, but they do it with everything else. They say, well, I believe, honestly, if there's a bell curve, I believe in this if it falls typically under this umbrella. Mm -hmm. Right? It's the same thing as I'm pro-life, but I am for the death penalty. She doesn't make any sense. You got a point. It doesn't make any sense. But to them, you can't tell them none, you can't tell them no difference. Because they're still gonna find a way to, to accept something that, that accepts their belief. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find an avenue that will accept their belief. Um, because that's what a lot of us humans do. We don't like to be uncomfortable. Right. So we like to find things that that align with our own personal belief. And you can say to yourself, Oh, but the Bible says, and there's plenty of places in the Bible that talk about plenty of other things, but they're not sticklers on that, right? But it's easy because it's hard to question somebody's religious belief, right? Right. So I I find that to be somewhat of a cop-out. I'm not saying that you should be for or against abortion. My point is, when when you bring up this topic, I think you have a valid question. I just think that this is one of those things where certain people it, it doesn't matter what you tell them right which is fine i was just putting the question out there have people ponder on it so let's move on um so i talked about a couple of of double standards that i think oppress women or are against women so now let me flip it um another double standard is that men cannot show their emotions men have to be strong men have to um be the quote unquote man of the household, right. right? You have to be the provider, the breadwinner. Um and yeah, that that is a double standard because women are often seen as emotional and able to show those emotions. And um yeah. What that's, do you think about that? Well, that's typically why women have uh better emotional intelligence than men do because there, that's something that is... It doesn't need is, to be suppressed. It, exactly. 
and it's it's trained from being young. So I watched, I was listening to a, a podcast uh, the other day. I think it's called the uh, I Am Athlete. It's what it it's what it is. And they were actually kind of talking about this. And we do this all the time. If you have a, a daughter and a son, when a daughter falls, if she cries because she, she scraped her knee, you're like, oh, it's okay. Like, you're going to be all right. You kind of coddle her and mm-hmm. let her cry and everything else. Should I fail? <laughs> Throw some dirt on it. Right. Get up. <laughs> you'll be all right. Stop crying. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's like... There's, it definitely starts at a young age. It's, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so you start to learn these things. I can't cry and I can't do this and I can't... Oh, that's whack, bro. You acting like a girl. Like, what? Because I'm crying? Because I'm upset? Because mm-hmm. I just wanted something I didn't get it like just like everybody else mm-hmm. but I, I I do think and here's me personally speaking from the psychological uh background I think that the pendulum has is is too far on both sides and that it sometimes fails to connect and here's what I'm saying for men I think at times because we are so strongly taught do not show emotion the benefit of it is that we are able to accept things and continue to keep moving Absolutely. Right. The downfall of it is it's hard for us to be able to even show emotions. So we carry stress. We we die of heart disease. And sometimes we let that fester into anger and we displace that in other areas. And we don't make the smartest decisions because we're not thinking from an emotional stability side. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the other side, women have been nurtured from a young age to be able to show emotion. Where I believe one of the cons is that it's very hard for women to have acceptance mm-hmm. of certain situations. It's harder because there's so much tied in there, it's hard to move on. The pros of that is being able to understand nuance, yeah. right? And how, and how emotions affect everything. And understanding and tie, the tie between feelings and behaving, right? So for me, I think that the standard, while accepted for one and not accepted for the other on both sides, does actually bring some pros and cons. Once you start to get older, or at least what I would like, once you start to hit like, I think it should be a full rounded for everybody. Everybody should learn the pros and cons of learning how to deal with your emotions, learning how to deal with acceptance, learning how to move on, how to move forward, and to not sit too long in your own stink. But, I mean, I definitely, I feel that every day. And you see the effects of that even with me. Yeah. You have not seen me cry too many times, right? No. No. Uh, My typical response to stuff is, I don't, you know, I'm going to figure it out. If, even if we just support even your boy. Even when I think you should cry, I'm like, let it out. <laughs> right, right. And then the thing is, is like, and the, and the other thing is that, though, too, is that I'm not like most men. I'm very in tune with my own personal mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah, you are. And so I don't have to cry to be, I don't have to be like cry to be sad, right? Or depressed mm-hmm. or anything else. And so. Or mad because I feel like suppressing emotions and not being able to show emotions turns into anger. Right. And even with mad, though, like when I'm mad and upset, sometimes. What we think is typical behaviors is being mad and upset. I suppress those because I don't think those are healthy behaviors. Yeah. But I take the time to let that let it simmer to really think about why I'm mad and upset. And if it doesn't make sense to continue to be mad or upset, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go. If it makes sense, I'm just gonna let it fester a little bit longer, let it be what it is, and not get over it. Um, but like even you then need to get better at that. <laughs> you know, when people are like, I love when you cry because it shows that raw emotion. To me, I'm like, you you don't you can have raw emotion without tears. I tell you this yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you're not like, fully hey. understanding my emotional suite because this is not me showing raw emotion. Every day I show raw emotion. Mm-hmm. I give you my raw emotion. I'm just 
pushed to tears now mm-hmm. for whatever's going on. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I'm like, I, I credit my the How often male... have you seen me cry? Ah. Not very often, huh? Ma'am. You... Just kidding. I'm a crybaby. I cry at everything. I probably cry once a week. Right. <laughs> and now Whether I... it's happy tears, sad tears, frustrated, but mad. I, I enjoy it. I look at it as literally. I almost cried today at the gym because Aaron, shout out Aaron, tagged me in a video of a baby giraffe. What? Yeah, and you and just my heart me? was so happy I almost cried. Yeah. Like my eyes literally teared up. So when I say I cry once a week, I'm not going through it. Yeah. There's I think a lot of that, things. Uh, yes, no, no, no. She just—I think that that's one of the greatest values about you is that you, I can see that you're very in tune with your emotions and your and other people's, and so you're very empathetic. You're able to feel what other people are feeling. That is an incredible trait. And it's an incredible trait Thank because you. what it does is it allows you to be connected to people. Yeah. Which is why people are connected to you. Thank you. So don't... Um, it's hard, though. <laughs> no, I know it is because it's draining. It's a hard trait to right? have. It's very draining. You, it is draining, you but then also you could be taken advantage by someone. Right. Which is, again, going to drain you even more, right? So mm-hmm. it leaves you vulnerable. But the thing, if you're able to sift through like the negatives of it, the positives, to me, the rewards really outweigh the negative aspects. For sure. Um, and I feel the same way. Like I'm able to do so, but we just express them differently. Uh, so I'm... Just relationship tips. When you don't think don't think your partner is supposed to express something a certain way. Your partner can express an emotion different than what you expect. It's it's incumbent on you to learn how they express their emotions. Because if you do not, you will not understand the cues. <laughs> and you will start placing blame on you or you will start missing cues and you're not gonna be able to communicate to your partner. So recognize what your partner's expressions are of emotion are do are they criers are they not criers do they get quiet i'm a quiet emotion person right i Mm -hmm. I feel like i kind of go quiet um and then learning what to do in that sometimes i just need space (laughs) yeah uh sometimes i want to be up all up on you and everything else katie is a i want to talk about it now i want to talk it through (laughs) (laughs) that is her thing uh, which is cool. Like that took a while for me to kind of learn and learn how to cope with that and learn how to communicate through that. Right. Which is the same for you when it comes to me, because every time I go quiet, I'm going through something. You think it's something you did. Right. This is true. <laughs> and this isn't true. Like sometimes it's just be something I'm going through, but something I had to learn is because I know that you feel that way. I need to communicate to you. There's nothing you did. I'm just going through something right now. I'll be I'm going straight. through something. Yeah, I'm going through something. Um, but anyway, yes, I think there's a lot of double standards. I feel like there's probably much more for females. I I don't know if this is, I'll just say it on the podcast. I want to have a daughter so bad, but I'm so afraid. Yeah. I'm so afraid. You say that often. I say, I want a daughter so bad, but just <laughs> knowing the standards of the world. Yeah. Knowing how Standard, I thought yeah. as Societal a as a standards. guy, the stuff that you have to and like yes, we go through the same stuff. Like we have image issues, like mm-hmm. almost at the same rate. But we don't have to. We're not putting on makeup. I'm mm-hmm. not buying that stuff. I'm not worrying about if I have money to buy feminine products when I'm going through my cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 status that happens between women and other women yeah. is a whole nother topic. Absolutely. And I feel like right now we're going through a movement where people 
are like women supporting women, you know? Right. But a part of me also feels like some of that comes off as fake because you can say all that stuff, but what are you actually thinking about that person? You know, because I think it takes years of unlearning just like with, um, just, just like with any, I guess, um, anything really you have to unlearn things you have to because we were we were told one thing our entire life or we were shown one thing our entire life um we're like we have always seen women as competition other women are our competition we need to look a certain way we need to wear our hair a certain way um you know how many people who have curly hair who are talking now um now that the natural hair is Natural curls, and I'm talking sp- more specifically about, um, I-, I guess, natural hair for like, I don't know. Sorry. No, nah, crystallize your thought because I know where you're going. And how, you're- how many women have come out now and said now that natural hair is in and people are more accepting of natural hair that they would fry their hair because they thought it needed to be straight to be appropriate or to be accepted. Definitely. And they are kicking themselves because they had this beautiful, beautiful curly hair and the way it laid was perfect. And then they fried it. Yeah. All because of societal standards and because in junior high, they thought their hair needed to be straight. And even me, my hair used to be so so much more curly than it is now. Now it's just wavy because of years of heat and not using heat protectant and all of that, you know? Yeah, and, and part of the fear that I have is just that I have to be such a um I don't want to fail as a as a as an example of a male. Mm-hmm. Right? Not to say that they're even going to like love males or anything else. They're just going to be living in the world with males as well. Mm -hmm. So I have to be, if I have a daughter, I got to be the perfect example. And it's not that I have to be, it's I want to be. So I feel like that, like that's pressure that I'm putting on myself that I want to put on on myself. But it's also like very scary of, I want to be able to love my child, specifically my daughter in a way, because I think that like, what my understanding of being a man and what the things that my dad has taught me, I would be able to, to more seamlessly streamline that into raising a son. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would not be as much raising a daughter, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some like personal fears of mine, but I, I don't know. I just want a daughter, yeah. but at the same time, it's just scary. It's right. scary. A child by itself is scary, but just knowing how the world is and there's so many things that women I feel like have to think about that men don't. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's some things that men have to do if we think about that women don't. But, right. I mean, think about this. I know so many women who have been on birth control since they were teenagers, not because they were actively having sex, but to regulate their periods and, and other things. Yeah. Me. Men ain't got to worry about that, right? Like, I don't have to worry about... And that's that's another thing, too, is that girl, really girls, they're not women, Um, me, I was put on birth control at a very young age because I had problems with my menstrual cycle. Um, I was not regulated. I would be on for three weeks off for one week, clearly the opposite of what is supposed to happen. So, um, instead of doing 
blood work and things like that, the first thing was like, oh, let's just put you on birth control. Well, I was so young, I did not realize what exactly birth control was besides what it would do uh, yeah and that's what i mean by what it was is what it would do obviously i knew it was a contraceptive i wasn't having sex at that time so that did not matter right but the hormonal changes that you go through on birth control um and and i actually kind of have a problem with it because so many girls at such a young age are put on birth control without understanding the effects of it and you are going like you are that is your prime time typically when when girls are put on birth control that is your prime time of when your hormones are raging right and then to have something that suppresses those hormones puberty right yeah i mean like yeah yeah and so it's it's crazy and i was on it for several several years i actually just got off of it last year um, and now I'm on non-hormonal, so it's hey, a good look. Shout out to you, you know what I'm saying? It's a good look. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we still be having our issues. I say ours because I'm so in tune with your cycle now. <laughs> be like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, huh. But part of me feels like it's my responsibility to know, you know? Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that now that I'm old enough to understand and to make my own decisions and to uh, be in tune with my body, that... Uh, that now that I came off of those hormones, my body has gone back to not being normal, right? Right. With um with my period. And so but but I am old enough to make that decision and to say I would rather be abnormal than to take the hormone be on a hormone right. that makes me feel like I am losing my mind. Yes. <laughs> and this is not medical advice. Please seek out your medical provider uh and take your take your own health at risk, but I think it's important to talk about yeah. these things. And like, that's something I don't have to worry about. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, you know, if I did, if there was like a male birth control, I was probably going to take it only for contraception, purely for that <laughs> right. purpose. Right. Um, but yeah, is there another thing is we kind of didn't really talk about this, but the, the aspect of children in Hollywood is, is always a hot topic and it's always a hot topic specifically for females mm-hmm. and one of the things and we can talk about it here it's not on a sheet but we can talk about it is now they sexualize these uh, females these young females in Hollywood and they have been doing it for a long time I, I believe they also with rhetoric and stuff sexualize young men yeah young boys however that's another double standard right you remember when uh, Cuties hit Netflix? Oh, yeah. I was like, what? Oh, man. It was huge. And and I know already the fact that I just said Cuties is going to set people off again. There was a bunch of conversations that I had where people did not take any nuance into context. And then when I would bring up the I when I when I would bring up examples of boys being sexualized in Hollywood, they didn't have they didn't feel the same. They weren't as outraged. So give me an example. Okay, what was the movie? This is how I feel like boys are sexualized in Hollywood. Yeah. With the typical boys will be boys tropes. They're not running around taking their shirts off because think about it. There's only a couple of things on the male body that is really sexualized, right? One is the their sexual organ. 
The other is maybe abs. Yeah. Maybe. Abs, yeah. That's it. With women, it they it's everything is like sexualized, right? Mm-hmm. Legs, feet, your butt, your your breast, your stomach, your organ, your, you know, your vagina, everything, your lips, everything is sexualized. So they take instead of let's take the image of this this young boy, we'll introduce the 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 concepts and the rhetoric around sex. What is the movie? I think it's called Good Boys. I gotta look it up. Group of boys, I they had a drone, is. they're trying to get the, the yeah, drone back yeah, yeah. and everything else. This is just one example where the entire movie, these are young kids. It's called Good Boys. It's a rated R movie. It's a rated R mm-hmm. movie. Okay? That just go ahead and let you know already. Right. The movie's rated R. It's a cast of, of young kids who are underage, because that was a huge thing that they kept saying about cutie. These girls are underage, who are underage, who are literally the entire movie's about sex. Yeah. In every which way. Part, you can do it when you're talking about cartoons because I feel like that's another way they do it with uh with children and or boys is that they'll get to like a topic and they'll talk about cartoons or they use cartoons because cartoon imagery is a little bit more softer that you can get along with I guess you can say but my point is I feel like when it comes to women or girls there is a huge uproar but not as much when it comes to boys when I believe it should be an uproar for both however I also do understand that there's kind of education that goes alongside of this because here's the thing about cuties and good boys it's not like they're they're not they're not experiencing this right this is what they're going through right so what is the issue is the issue that they're being swindled into a role well how do we know i did so much research into cuties about if they were getting um you know, if they really truly understood the role, if they were getting any kind of um, help, if they were going through any psychological trouble, if they were going through any screening, and they did they were, a yeah. massive amount. And their their parents and other people were involved 24-7 and worked really close with uh, the producer and, and, and directors, which kudos to them. I don't know the same about Good Boys because I didn't do that much research into it, but... I think that plays a role into how we also feel about like Britney Spears and a lot of these other childhood stars is because we saw them when they were kids. They typically were at some point in their career sexualized mm-hmm. and they never lost that image in our eyes. Right. Which is completely unfair. Like completely unfair. I agree. That school hall Britney Spears is the only Britney I know. She came onto the scene in a little skirt and a little pigtails, just taking over the hallway. And that was the other thing that everybody was saying. We don't like her for our kids because she's such a bad example for the girls. Whatever, however you feel about that. That was the first time of me singing, seeing Britney in that, hearing that song, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, you know, it kind of feels Sexual sexually song. charged yeah. as well. That became her, her lane, right? Like, a lot of her songs mm-hmm. that became her lane. Mm-hmm. And even if we're looking at female stars, especially when you're breaking the hip hop and everything else, it's always like sex has to be the topic of what the females are talking about and not necessarily the topic about what men are talking about. 
and I feel, I don't know, I feel a ways about it because part of me is like, I'm very proud that women, especially if you're older, that are taking control of the trope of their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that music may be just not for me, which is cool. I'm not a woman. So if you didn't make that song for me, that's cool. You made it for other women. And then the other part of me is like, I hate that that's like the the avenue that you feel like you have to take. If you feel like you have to take that avenue. Right. Like I would love for you to feel as if you can talk about something else. In certain genres, because some genres you get big enough and you don't have to talk about that. You can talk about relationships and stuff like that and stuff that's actually going on. But I feel like oftentimes for women to break into the scene, they have to sell sex first. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's sad. It is. That's sad. And I, and I said the same thing with uh, about Lizzo. Mm-hmm. And, and I continue. I love Lizzo as an artist. I think Lizzo is a phenomenal artist. And I said this from the beginning. As somebody who makes music. I said Lizzo and people ate me up for this. I don't know if you remember this. I remember. I said Lizzo to me at the moment is seeming very gimmick-ish. In the moment she says, I don't want to be this gimmick anymore. I just want to make the music I want to make. She's going to lose her following and her support. And the thing is, the reason why I hate it is because Lizzo is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Amazing. People feel the same way about Adele right now. Adele. Adele lost weight and people are mad about it. I just don't understand. It's It has to be hard to be a woman because I don't understand. If a man lost weight, nobody would be mad. Right. They would be like, oh, he lost weight. He looks great. Adele lost weight and people are questioning if she's sick. Is she got something going on? Mm-hmm. Has she been doing drugs? Why oh, she, that's a big one. Why does she feel like she had to lose weight? She was perfect as she is. The same with Lizzo. Lizzo said she went on a juice diet because she was doing something else. People were like, well, you know, why are you doing that? You were an icon for bigger women. Why are you trying to fit the mold? Right. Because. She wants to be, she, in she that wants time, to be, she wants to be healthier. healthier. She wants to do that. I don't understand. That's we're why in I'm a pandemic, scared. people. That's why I'm scared. <laughs> Where obesity is a comorbidity. That's why I'm scared, man. Because like, dude, a dude ain't going to have to worry about that at all. Right. Maybe the opposite. If you skin, you get fat. Like people are gonna be like, "Hey man, you blowing up a little bit." Mm-hmm. You know, look at Jonah Hill. But can you can you imagine the the reverse? You lose weight and people still mad at you. I mean, I say, can you imagine? I'm sure you. Are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you like uh, that's just so. It's such a wild concept. But child stars, I have feelings about. Do you have any feelings about them? Um, I think mine are very similar to yours. I think that that. Child stars, whether you're female or male, um, you're in a light that no one else can relate to, but the ones that are judging you are the people who have never been in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, and you get robbed of your childhood. I feel like absolutely you don't you don't get to experience what it it's it's it's, it's what people are going through right now while opening schools. For, for some people, it's very important because learning is just not what we, not the only thing we do when we're at school. Mm-hmm. It's very important for our social uh, growth to be around other human beings. Um, and so that connection and you got to think about it. If you're a child, actually, you're around other children, maybe, but you're really around adults all of the time. Yeah. Right. You so you're probably going to, I'm going to say mature quicker 
And when I say mature quicker, you're going to be in more mature situations for people who are of your same age because they're not around adults more. And you're probably susceptible to learning things faster than somebody else would have to when it comes to your maturity rate. So I don't know. I just It's just a tough life to to be in from somebody who's outside looking in. And where do you, it's got to be a tough for a parent to even accept or for you to do that because what do you, you want, you want your child to do what they want to do. You want your child to be great and you don't want to hold them back. So I get it. If they're, you know, if they're blossoming at that age, you know, I can understand why you would do so. But I also think that there's so much and that it's really important to surround them with people who are also their age. Just as much as anybody else would be. And we've seen how these child stars turn out. You know how they turn out? Just like every other human. Yeah. Who end up having addiction issues and things of that nature. Because they, for the most part, did I mean, not I learn as another, a young age how to cope. Yeah. And I think another person that we could look at is, well, I mean, there's several. All, all yeah, the yeah. Disney stars. Miley, Demi. Demi, uh, 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 Orlando Brown. Yeah. We can look at a lot of people who... Uh, we can keep going. And at, at a time, people were talking about Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Right, like, every single child star, if you don't live a squeaky clean life, you you fall into that, you fall into that, like, child star lost list. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do, you either become, if you're a child star, you either become, what happens to this person? You're on that lost list. You know, maybe even like a Lindsay Lohan. Right. Or, or... You become you you blossom into like this huge star, and then you can't get away from that. You'll never ever not be this huge star, like Taylor. Yes, you'll never ever not be this huge star. And okay, if you want to try something different, try it if you want to. We're not gonna let you live mm-hmm. if you don't, because you have been this, and you to us you are this, right? Which is is that's just wild. So just if you have children. Keep them in mind with everything you do and how this can affect every decision you make and they make can affect them growing up. If you don't, I guess you can think about it. Uh, shout out to Britney Spears. Britney, you spent a lot of time blaring into my ears and over my speakers, um, you know, to tracks. And I would probably, what's your favorite Britney Spears song? <laughs> lucky, duh. Okay. Mine, she's a lucky. A, she's, she's a star. star. That's a jam. I would probably say... Obviously, I've been emotional since a young age. For real. <laughs> um, I would probably say... There's so many of them. I like Toxic because I like the way she... like. Toxic is one of those songs that I think is like a... Yes. You know how I tell you like perfect songs? Yeah. Toxic is one of those perfect songs for me. Okay. Produced well, performed... I mean, produced perfect, performed perfect. Uh, video was amazing. Melodies was crazy, a memorable song. Toxic is my favorite Britney Spears song out of all the songs, which is crazy because she got hits. She got bops. She can do she a got verses. Hits on hits on yeah. hits on hits. She can do a verses. Yeah. Uh and she can probably stand up to a, a lot of these males out here doing a verses. Uh, but the other, I guess you can say you either are if you're a child star, you're like, you know, being Beyonce, or you're just like on the list of people who didn't make it. Mm-hmm. You know, or you go through something. You're on a list of like somebody who didn't make it. You're Demi Lovato or you're Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And the the connection between all three of them is that they're all just humans. 
they're all just humans. Absolutely. They all deserve love and empathy. I mean, that's why Beyonce hides her kids. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. why That's why we, Drake does too. We didn't yeah. know nothing about Drake kid. We do not see Beyonce's twins. We don't see a lot of these celebrities' kids because they understand like, yo, I went through this, especially if they were a kid celebrity. Mm-hmm. I'm tucking them away. Absolutely. Y'all not going to ever see these kids. Ever. Uh, and, and, and shout out to them because they got the sauce. They know. They're like, I'm, you're not going to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all, please yeah, watch this. Yeah, Drake was a child star too. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, he and look at him. Uh, we, he had Adonis and none of us knew until somebody had to leak it. And we probably would have never known. He just would have kept dropping hints in his song. We were just <laughs> we thinking about it. Drake's so genius when it comes to that. Y'all, please go watch this. I thought it was really good. It's only mm-hmm. like an hour and 20 minutes long. It's yeah. on Hulu. Um, you will learn some stuff about conservatorship and things about Britney Spears that you did not know or you like, I honestly, I felt really bad because I subscribed to some of the thoughts that was, everybody else yeah, did. Yeah, that was me too. Like I was a part of the, oh, Britney's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel so terrible. One, because I just was a sheep and, and followed the the crowd and two, because like I forgot that Britney's just a human. Mm-hmm. I for, just forgot that she's a human who is going through stuff just like everybody else. So y'all go check this out. Next week, uh, we'll be on self-discovery and overcoming big obstacles. Uh, Reese Witherspoon movie is called Wild. Wild? Yes. Yeah, we're going to be... But it's based off of the book, story right? of Cheryl Strayed. So if you have read the book Wild, um, this book is my favorite book that I've ever read just because it's so inspirational and... I definitely can relate. And so I'm rereading it now. That way I can drop some stuff into um, the podcast episode. But it is a movie as well. So I think it might be on Amazon Prime. I I believe so. Uh, I'm sure you can rent it if you want to see it. But I think it's on Prime. Uh, If not, we'll figure it out and let you know. Uh, But we'll be into that next week. We'll we'll also um, almost certainly have a guest. So you'll see who that is. And if you would like to be a guest, please go on our social media um, click the link in our bio and sign up to be uh, a guest. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to be on, you know, this month or next month or anything else. We will reach out to you and get a little bit more information uh, about what you can bring to the podcast. But we want people who have uh, differing opinions, differing thoughts, differing percep- uh, perspectives. Uh, so, yeah, just go do that. Click the link in our bio. While you're there, hit the second link, <laughs> right, which is the Press Next Package. Sign up for that so we can give you free goodies. It's literally just free swag for you all because we love you all. Uh, and then you can probably click the third link, I think, and then drop some coin in our bucket. That's <laughs> it, go. You know, you can give us some uh, some money via Cash App or Venmo uh, and help us out. We are a self-funded pa- podcast. But all of that is linked in the link in our bio. So just go check it out. Go like a photo. Go follow us on Instagram, Press Next Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Press Next Pod. Um, follow us on TikTok at Press Next Podcast. Mm-hmm. Join our Facebook group. We have ways to be connected. Send us an email, whatever way. Shout out to you for listening every single week and coming back. And yes, we appreciate you so much. You. We really do because we're nothing without you all. So we definitely do appreciate it. Um, and at the end of the day, you know what it is when you're sitting on a couch. What happens? Um, when you're sitting on the couch, chilling. You've been sitting there all day. All day. Always press next. Always press next. We love y'all. <laughs>